Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey everyone, welcome back to Seeking Witchcraft. My name is Ashley, and today I have on a return guest, Tiana. You may remember her from the astrology episodes, or the discussion on baby witches, or even the one about our paranormal experiences. And today she is on to talk about magical timing. And so this is going to include some stuff like moon phases and seasons, astrological hours, retrogrades, and a little bit more. So Tiana, thank you so much for coming back to the show. Would you be able to introduce yourself to the listeners or reintroduce yourself to the people who may have heard you in the past? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, My name's Tiana. I'm also a podcaster. Thanks to Ashley. Uh, I have a podcast called the Astrology Witch Podcast, where I talk all about astrology and magic. Um, And yeah, that's me. You also have the Christian and the Witch Podcast. Oh, yeah. I forget about that one all the time because it's really just like a fun way for my boyfriend and I to like let off steam about the things that piss us off. And we do talk about interesting intersections between like Christianity and witchcraft and paganism and like how to encourage people to be more tolerant, both religiously and politically. Like that's our main goal. But I feel like sometimes we do end up just talking about like politics and being like, isn't this annoying? This is so annoying. (laughs) I mean, hey, that's that's the premise of a good amount of podcasts that do really well. So I think you guys are uh, right on target. (laughs) thanks that's also thanks to you I don't think I ever would have started any kind of podcast without like you (laughs) being like you should do it (laughs) not me secretly telling my friends to do this with me (laughs) for real she just created her own little like crew of podcasters the podcast pagans (laughs) yes (laughs) anywho um but yeah so we're gonna talk about magical timing today I'm super stoked that you're here to speak about this because there are a lot of astrological things involved in this conversation. And as most of my listeners know, I don't know a single thing about astrology except what Tiana has told me. So (laughs) I'm very appreciative of this. Also, real quick before we start this episode, I have a fake Instagram that's going around. So if you get a random message that says like, grand and rising love, what is your astrological sign? Please do not. Just know that it's not Ashley. It's not Ashley. It's it's kind of funny because I'm like, you guys like whoever the scam profile is because i've had a couple of them now i'm like you guys pick the wrong person to try to impersonate because <laughs> almost everybody who listens to this podcast knows i don't know anything about astrology so i'm like all right man whatever yeah literally would never utter these words ever <laughs> yeah except for right now just to make fun. <laughs> anywho uh yeah so let's go ahead and get started so what should we start talking about first um i like to start really simply so I'm th- I'm thinking it's best we start with like the simple concepts and then get a little more complicated so people don't like get overwhelmed immediately. <laughs> simple. Uh, when it comes to magical timing, I think it's really easy to talk about day versus night. I, I don't know why, but people seem to forget about this. Like they get like into the really complex stuff first and then they like completely forget about like whether they should be doing it during the day or during the night. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I know I've definitely been in situations where if I'm doing magic or spell work or ritual or whatever, sometimes I just, I don't know, sometimes like regardless of what it is outside, whether the moon's full or whether it's new moon or it's the middle of my day, sometimes I just do the magic when I need to do the magic. But when I'm planning to do work that's not so spontaneous, 
it is probably a good idea to consider if I should be doing this magic in the day versus the night. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, I completely understand if you're doing something like you said, like very spontaneous or you need something and you can't wait. Like that is completely valid. And I don't want to take away from that. But there is something to be said for effective results, at least in my experience, that changes when you really do consider timing and you have the time to really plan out exactly like what time you're going to do it. And we'll talk about all the things that I consider, but like also like what really should go into this, you know, and also on top of that, like where should you do it? So, I mean, those are totally different topics that we're not talking about in this episode, but like those are things that go into my magical planning where I'm like, I should really think about this because this is something that's important to me that I know I'll be working on for at least like a month or two or like over the whole year or whatever it is. And like, I want to be as, I guess, thorough and have the planetary energies working for me and in my favor, like as much as possible, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, there's also other aspects of this too, where let's say you are working with a particular deity and let's say you want to work with a solar deity Well, it might make sense to be doing that type of magic or communication with them during times when the sun is out (laughs) versus absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So yeah, you know, I think that that sometimes get overlooked. I think when people imagine doing witchcraft, they imagine being outside under the full moon with bonfire. And in reality, when people think about doing witchcraft at their homes, they think of it being dark outside and candles lit and incense going and that's completely valid. I mean, I do circles like that myself, but uh, I also definitely do circles in the middle of the day sometimes. Yeah. Uh, um, so, you know, but there are types of magic that align with that. And I think that that gets overlooked at times. Yeah. Um, on my Patreon, I did like a whole write up about uh, working with the magic of the sun during the summertime when the sun is strongest. Because I get that we all love the moon. Like, I love the moon just as much as anybody else. And I definitely think it's, like, really fun to do magic at night. It's just something really spooky. And, like, I think we all love that vibe. But there is something really interesting that can happen when you expand your magical practice to doing magic during the day and working with the sun. It's a completely different vibe, but it's still just as, like, magical and interesting. And like you said, if you are working with certain deities, which, like, I definitely do, um, you know, there definitely something to be said to be working during the time where they rule over that time. You know, whether it's sun, midday, there are some gods uh, that rule midday, you know, like, so if you're doing your working at noon every day, or your offerings at noon every day, it makes more sense than midnight or 3am or whatever. So I also wonder how things like circadian rhythms can play into this. So what's interesting about circadian rhythm, circadian rhythm is not super impactful because I feel like it's something that like we're all sort of aware of. Like, yes, we we are sort of energetically tied to when the sun is out, when it's not. And that might be something to consider if what you're doing is going to require a lot of energy. Because if you need to be at your peak point, then really it's important to do it when you have the most energy. 
when maybe in the morning or right before the sun rises, you know, because like your energy will be peak. Also, it's really important to know that I, I actually figured this out recently. Um, did you know that like walking out in the sunshine actually gives you more energy if you're tired? I can, I can definitely see that because probably of the vitamin D. Yeah, it, it must be related to that. But um, I was reading something and it was like, if you go outside, uh, the sun actually energizes you, even if you're tired, if you're not like, because I'm not a morning person. So I'm always on the hunt for trying to figure out like how to become a morning person and how to just vibe in the morning when I just don't. And one of the ways is to walk outside in nature and like, or just outside of wherever you live um, and let your body like soak up the sun because it actually energizes you. So if you don't feel up to doing a magical working or if you struggle with depression, like getting outside might actually help you. And so I guess this doesn't really play into the working so much as like getting you in the right mindset, but it's still just as important because I think mindset can make or break a working. So I kind of want to include it. Um, the other thing is in Freudian rhythm, which is something that only people who experience menstruation will find relevant. But what's really cool about infradian rhythm, which is the cycle of your period, um, there are points in your menstrual cycle where you actually have more energy, you burn more calories, you're uh, easily able to handle stress, and it doesn't affect you as much, versus like on the opposite point of your infradian rhythm where you actually have less capacity to handle stress, you're tired, you don't burn as many calories, you need to sleep more. Those are things that you might want to consider in terms of like mindset and your own body. And if you're doing a working that has to do with your own body, for example, if you're working with um, like Mars to help yourself be motivated to be healthier or more fitness motivated or something like that, it makes sense to do it during the part of your infradian rhythm where you actually have more energy and you're burning more calories. You're in that state that actually gives you the capacity to be like maxing out the amount of uh, potential that you have for improving your fitness at that time, you know? And if you're doing it every time during the point in your infradian rhythm where like you have more energy, you're burning max calories and you're able to handle the stress, then you know, it's, in my opinion, it maximizes that working for you, especially if you're working on something that has to do with your physical body. That's really interesting to think about that that has an effect on, um, well, you know, I guess that makes sense, you know, for people who do experience periods, myself yeah. one of those people, <laughs> you know, uh, I guess I, I can actually understand that there is a ebb and flow of your energy, especially, you know, right before and right after. Yeah. But yeah, so I can see how that could affect your energy levels. Yeah. And especially in terms of like your own body, you know, I think a lot of times like we're doing workings that sometimes do affect our physical body, you know, whether it's for health or fitness. And in that case, you want to make sure that like you're putting yourself in a situation where like you are at max potential and every time maybe you're getting better, right? Like you're, maybe you are doing the practical efforts, which I think you should be doing and you're working out every week or you're running and you want to increase your time or you want to increase the weight that you can lift or whatever it is. And every week you're getting better. And at that point in your infradian rhythm, you're at like peak performance during a specific point in your rhythm. So you're maxing out the potential of like 
improving your body's level of health or fitness. So for people who don't experience infradian rhythms, what is something that they could think about in terms of their own personal energy? Personally, this is a really simple one. I feel like most people know about this. And I think it's like moon phases and seasons. Moon phases, I mean, this goes without saying, but like there there are certain times in the moon phase where I think we have more energy or less energy or our energy totally changes. And also there's moon phases where it's better to do one thing versus another, as you know. So like when the moon is, you know, new and it's waxing, meaning it's getting brighter, you want to be working on things that you want to increase when it's waning and decreasing. Or if it's in the dark of the moon, you want to be working on things that either you want to get rid of or release or that you're looking to decrease. So, I mean, those things definitely play into your own personal mindset and like how you personally feel. Every person's going to feel slightly different. And moreover, more than moon phases, seasons. I have a lot of friends who deal with like seasonal depression. Some of them seem to deal with it in the summer where other people deal with it in the winter. I know that that's sort of not typical. Most people seem to deal with it in the winter. Obviously, that's uh, something that humans deal with if there's a lack of sun where you live. But I actually have a friend and because we live in California and she hates the summer and says like, oh, my my summer depression is kicking in because it's so hot and I don't want to do anything and I feel like not motivated. Yeah, I can understand that. I am not a huge summer fan. I don't like being in the hot sun. Where yeah. I'm just like sweating like crazy. Yeah. I, I like the cooler weather because I can wear a jacket and then I have pockets and most women's pants don't have pockets. So I like having that <laughs> uh, without having to, yeah, without having to carry a purse. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I get seasonal depression from any of the seasons, but I, I can understand in the sense of, I definitely prefer cooler seasons versus super hot in the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also think there's something to be said for like the, the summer months being months of growth and expansion and the cold, dark months being months of reflection, healing and introspection. And I do end up following that. I don't know if that's because I'm Wiccan and like that's sort of what the wheel of the year sabbats kind of, you know, lead into. Or if it's just the natural way of things, you know, there's like a certain feeling with the wheel of the year that to me feels very natural where it's like an increase and a decrease, a light and a dark. It's like everything has a season and to, you know, what is that phrase? Um, it's like everything has its time and place and moment on the year. And I like to follow that. And that makes sense to me. Not to say you should never do a manifestation during the wintertime. Like you're going to need what you're going to need. And there are other ways to like harness other energies if it is like winter and not summer or something like that but to me there's something to be said for doing something that I want to grow in the peak of summertime versus in the wintertime when like everything is dead yeah um going back to moon phases real quick so moon phase magic is something that I've always kind of struggled with in the sense of I tend to go against what the norm is so a lot Mm. of people do yeah a lot of people do banishments with the new moon and um you know for example and for me if I want to do a banishing um, if I'm planning to do something like that in advance and it's not a spontaneous type of spell I personally prefer to do it during a full moon because I feel like that's when magic is at its peak in a sense that I'm 
at least for myself. Yeah. And if I'm trying to banish somebody, I'm like, all right, we're going to go right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Like we're going to hit them hard and like, yeah. like see you later. Uh, I, I understand the rationale though for a new moon because then your spell grows over time as the moon gets fuller. So my personal take on moon phase magic is do what works for you. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think this also falls into the whole thing of not, ev- not every type of magic works for everybody. Not, you know, they're, um, you can read these, you know, cookie cutter books online or these cookie cutter books from these witchcraft publishing companies. And they may say things like, oh, use a green candle for money or use a red candle for love or use a blue candle for healing, things like that. And a lot of people just kind of go along with those color associations without ever stopping to think about, well, do these associations, yeah, do these associations actually have any relevance to me and how I view that right property and i think that sometimes at witchcraft you have to take a step back from those books and be like okay well what actually works in my sense or for me and sometimes that's scary to do especially when you're first starting out you kind of just want to have you know follow follow. exactly follow what the book says so this is more of to say that i think a lot of people do magic in the sense that you're talking about tiana with the moon phases and there's nothing wrong with that at all I found for myself that the opposite is true and that's completely valid too. Absolutely. And I think too, I mean, the full moon is a great time to do pretty much anything, but for me, like I end up doing banishments during the dark of the moon or the waning of the moon. Cause like, I'm like, I want to decrease this person in my life, but that's how I think about it. You know, if you're the way you were talking about is like, Oh, I want to increase the power of this working with the new moon going on or the full moon or whatever. Like if that is how you think about it, then that set of symbolism makes sense to you. That will fuel what you're doing. Because if it doesn't make sense to you, like for example, if you're using a red candle and you're like, yeah, this book told me that I need to use it for love, but to you red means anger. How is it going to work? Yeah. And love and anger, you know, they actually are very closely aligned with each other if you think about it, but there's also a fine line there. Aren't they ruled by the same area of the brain too? Like I've heard that like the portion of the brain that sparks love also sparks hate or like distaste or something like that. Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> you, I thought you would know about it because you're there. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in school uh-huh. talking about that. <laughs> you're like, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, now that we have talked about some interesting topics, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to talk about things like retrogrades, eclipses, planetary returns, astrological hours and days, and all the astrology stuff that I really have no input on, but I'm excited (laughs) to sit here and learn along with you. (laughs) So uh, we'll be right back in a moment. So stay tuned. And welcome back. Welcome back. All right. So I think we were going to start talking next about retrogrades. Totally. We can. Um, I don't much like to do work in retrogrades. Well, I do, but I do very specific work. So retrogrades, people are freaked out about retrogrades. I get it. Uh, Most people only know about Mercury retrogrades, but all the planets retrograde at some point. In fact, right now, I believe Venus is retrograding. So when you understand what the planets rule, then you can understand how to work with them. And when you understand what retrogrades do, then you can understand how to work with retrogrades. So retrogrades, all all retrograde means is to go back and it gives you a second chance to revisit something that you've already been dealing with. 
So Mercury retrograde is honestly, in my opinion, the most basic because it gives you a chance to revisit communications, like some, I don't know, relationship that you had with somebody previously. That's why I talk about exes coming back. Like it's a message transmitted again. Like, do you want a relationship with this person or not? And also in the most basic of ways, you know, revisit your contracts, make sure that they are what you thought they were because maybe they're not, you know, Uh, but also it's Mercury rules communication. And sometimes that's like revisiting a draft of a manuscript or something. Like what if you're a writer or you're a public speaker, you want to revisit your script. Those things can be really helpful. And retrogrades are a way to like, again, revisit and reflect on something. So like if you have a Venus retrograde, Venus rules money and self-worth. So maybe you want to revisit how you feel about yourself and how you deal with money and what your income is. Those are things where like you could do a working that like reworks whatever you're dealing with now. Like for example, during a Mercury retrograde or sorry, a Venus retrograde, you might want to actually do a working where you want to switch jobs. And like, that would be a great way to like deal with sort of the chaos of retrograde to like reach for something new, especially toward like the end of it, I would say. So that's just an idea on retrogrades because I know people are so interested in them. Um, And they always freak out and talk about like technology going haywire. And I think that is something that does happen. Like definitely save your work twice and don't sign any contracts while you're in this energy. But you could do a working for like a better positioning in a contract or, you know, in a communication or a meeting or a client agreement or negotiation that you're going to have soon in a retrograde with Mercury and try and like dot all your I's and cross all your T's or whatever and make sure everything is good in that energy. And then after it's over, go and do the meeting or go and do the contract signing or whatever. I'm pretty sure I signed the contract for my apartment during Mercury retrograde. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty great. I mean, you have an amazing apartment too, so I'd be like, maybe I should do that. (laughs) We're all doing it wrong. (laughs) Uh, Maybe maybe this goes into the everything is the opposite for me. (laughs) I know, right? You're just flipping it. It's on its head. It's also not fair to really consider Ashley because Ashley's a Pisces. And if you are a Pisces, you're like, I feel like it's very lucky magically because you can literally manifest anything you want with your mind. Not every sign has that capability, in my opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't know about all astrology in the sense of myself, which I am a very upfront about and tell everybody. But <laughs> I will say that that part is not wrong. Yeah, it is not wrong. We have seen wrong. the receipts for this, so I know that it's right. Um, <laughs> there are lots of receipts for that. Uh, okay, so I don't want to spend too much time with retrogrades because I feel like it's buzzy, but not that it's not that exciting to me. Sometimes it scares me because I'm like, ooh, Venus retrograde. Am I going to go broke? But most of the time, it's just a change that happens or an adjustment or you need to make an adjustment or you need to look at this again. That's pretty much it. Uh, Then there's eclipses. Personally, as a pagan, I'm very superstitious about eclipses and I don't like doing magic during eclipses, but I sometimes like doing shadow work during eclipses because eclipses have the capacity to reveal truth and bring light to things that are in the darkness, meaning things we don't see. And I personally find that really helpful to do like shadow work, like mindset journaling, stuff like that during eclipses, because I find that there's a lot of truths that can be revealed to me and give me 
a new perspective. And lastly, planetary returns. So planetary returns, really all that means is like the returns of your chart. So the most buzzy return people talk about is your Saturn return, which happens every 27 to 30 years in your chart. That's how fast Saturn moves, which is not very fast at all. And Saturn will force you to learn the lessons of your chart in that placement, wherever you have it. But you also have a solar return every year on your birthday. You have lunar returns, you've got Venus returns, Mars returns, and wherever those land in your chart, you're going to be re-experiencing some of those issues or reworking them, or just being in your natural natal energy of wherever Mars or Venus lands in a sign in your chart. And that can actually be great for amplifying the energy of your chart and working with it in a way that suits you and that feels very natural to you. For example, I have Mars in Gemini and Mars is in Gemini right now in the planets, uh, in the skies. And it's been really, really helpful for me to actually get a lot done, like being almost a workaholic. And I'm not normally like that person that's like, I got to work 12 hours a day or I got to work on all these projects. But lately I have been. And it's because Mars is in Gemini and I have Mars in Gemini in my natal chart. So that is super, super helpful for me. I, I think that people really, be, maybe because their astrological understanding is not as developed and there's not a lot of people admittedly talking about that I've seen talking about astrology and magic together. There's mostly people talking about astrology in a psychological sense or like in a spiritual ethereal sense and like theoretical sense, but not really talking about how can I use this magically? <laughs> and that's something that really excites me. So I like talking about it personally. Yeah, I I think I'd agree with you on that. I mean, I'm not super knowledgeable in the whole astrology world, but I will admit that, you know, just being on the internet and, you know, the witchcraft communities online, I really don't see a lot of people talking about astrology mixed with their witchcraft outside of, you know, oh, there's a retrograde happening or, you know, people are talking about making moon water during like a retrograde or, or an eclipse yeah. or, uh, you know, like little things like that. But it's really hard to find things of people actually taking astrology at its core and mixing that with their craft. Yeah. I, and there's not even really a lot of books about magic and astrology. There's only a couple of books that I found that are about using astrology in your practical everyday life that are not like so esoteric that it's like, understanding your soul, which I'm not saying, like, I'm not downgrading that. There is value to understanding your soul. And I'm sure that can be very enriching for people. But I'm such a practical, actionable person that I want to know how I can use this thing, especially because I'm a witch. Like, I want to know what can I do with this, you know, because otherwise to me, not to say it doesn't have value, but I, I see huge value in things that are tangible. So we had talked about things like, you know, using particular moon phases for things or different seasons and how that can affect you. Is there stuff with like the astrological hours, like things that people should be privy to uh, when doing certain spells? Absolutely. There are fixed astrological hours that you can find in a chart online, probably. And I have them on my Patreon. Uh, and there's astrological days. So fixed astrological hours, I'm not going to list those out, but you can definitely find them if you Google it and you want to find them. And astrological days are really, you know, Sunday is the day of the sun. 
Monday is the day of the moon. Tuesday is the day of Mars. Wednesday is the day of Mercury. Uh, Thursday is uh, the day of Jupiter. Friday is the day of Venus. Saturday is Saturn's day. And those are the astrological days. And those, oh, sorry, those are, uh, those are the seven classical planets, aren't they? Uh, yep. Okay, nice. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they are. And, uh, and, you know, very easily you can work with those in any way that you want. You know, Sunday is a great day to work with yourself or ways you want to shine in the world and show up for things in terms of like your career, your, your self, your body, your vitality. Monday is a great day to work with spiritual divination, emotional matters. Tuesday is great for taking action or dealing with aggression or taking initiative or anything that's like fitness related. I I find that like fitness health can be really good here if you want to take action on those things. Wednesday, communications, anything related to communication, charm. You know, people like always think about Mercury being for communications but they kind of forget that like Mercury is also the god of deception and also like charm. So like if you wanted to lie and get away with it, you should do it on a Wednesday in the hour of Mercury. <laughs> I'm just saying like I don't I don't really endorse that. But like you could do that. He is known as the god of lies, but also he's very charming. So like if you wanted to increase your charm using glamour magic, you should do it in the hour of Mercury on a Wednesday. You know, I mean, and that might be something that people really are interested in doing. You know, I mean, it's really advantageous to be more charming, especially in like a work setting or if you're going on dates or you're going to the club and you're trying to pick someone up or get picked up or whatever. Uh, and then Thursday, day of Jupiter. You know, I mean, that's a great day for expansion, for luck, for travel. Like, I always try to travel on a Thursday because Jupiter blesses safe travels. And so if you can or, you know, if you have that kind of control over when you travel. Uh, Friday being the day of Venus is great for finance and also love working. So if you want to do love magic, probably on Friday in the day, uh, in the hour of Venus. Or again, like finance, you know, money magic. Great to do it on a Friday. Saturday, Saturn is great for either building or breaking down boundaries or like breaking rules or building limitations. Boundaries can be great. Maybe you really want to have boundaries with somebody else in your life and you really want to solidify those boundaries. It's great to do a a working for that in the hour of Saturn on Saturday. If you want to break boundaries down, break down the walls of your own heart or, you know, the, the, um, I don't know, like the walls between you and someone else. If you're trying to make a better connection, working with Saturn can be helpful. So, um, or learning lessons or like, you know, being that like serious parent, you know, if you want to do like serious self-parenting or learn discipline or hard work, it's great to do it on a Saturday in the hour of Saturn. Awesome. Well, these are definitely some really good things to keep in mind when doing magic. Speaking of doing magic with astrology, you know, a little birdie has told me that you're going to be hosting a course on this. So I'm hosting a free workshop, which will discuss easy ways to make your magic more effective. 
And at the end of it, I'm going to be promoting a pre-sale for my online course, which is called Manifesting Magic, How to Translate Your Personal Astrology into Health, Wealth, Love, and Joy in 30 Days. And it really just goes through the 12 uh, houses in astrology, and it teaches you how to take your personal placements and use them in magical workings to improve your life. So I'm really, really excited about it. And I hope other people are too, because there's been a lot of people asking me specific questions like, oh, well, I have this placement. How do I use it to like shine at work? Or I have this placement and it's really problematic. How do I fix that? And that's kind of what my course talks about. And the workshop really goes into what we're talking about right now, about how to make your magic more effective by going over the fine details. And in the workshop, I talk about what the details are and the workshop is free and you'll get like a very special pre-sale price for the online course. So definitely attend if you want to, but if you feel called and you want to just purchase my course because it's awesome and you'll totally love it, you can actually get a special price because you're Ashley's listeners and (laughs) Ashley's listeners have a special place in my heart because they were some of my first listeners So I really appreciate that. So I'm offering you guys an extra $50 off of the sale price. So in the pre-sale, it'll be $500 for the online course, which is half off launch price. So when I actually launch the course, it'll it'll be double that. Um, And because you're a listener of Seeking Witchcraft, I'm offering an extra $50 off to the first 10 people who buy. So that would be $450 for you guys. And the code is SEEKER. Cool. And if somebody wanted to sign up for either your free workshop or look a little bit more into your course, uh, where could they go to do that? I will give you the links for the course registration page where you can sign up if you want to attend the free workshop. And I will give you the link to my um, my course page if you want to just go and buy the course and like get started with me. That'd be amazing. The course doesn't start until November 1st. That's when the first two modules start rolling out and they'll roll out every week. I'll put out two more modules. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Tiana. Do you have thank anything? You. Of course. And do you have anything else you wanted to add about magical timing before we wrap up? Uh, yeah. So I really like what you said about like that you turn things on their head and that you, you know, it could be the opposite for you. Because one of the things I talk about in my course uh, is that like, I want people to be both like fueled with information, but also excited about doing magic and excited about the magical practice. So if something doesn't jive with you and it doesn't work for you, don't use it, leave it behind, you know, because it's only going to hold you back if it's a contention point. If it's a fear point, I would lean into it because you want to overcome those fears and not let them hold you back. But if it's something that legitimately doesn't work for you, I would say, like, don't worry about it. Use what does and then forget the rest. It's pretty sound advice. I was going to ask you if you had um, one thing of advice for seekers, but it sounds like you pretty much covered that question. Hey. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, Aside from your course, which I'll put the links in the bio for this episode, if people wanted to get in contact with you or listen to either of your other podcasts, how could they find you? Uh, I am on all major podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify. My astrology podcast is called the Astrology Witch Podcast. And my religious political tolerance podcast is called the Christian and the Witch. 
And that's also on the same platforms. And we're on social media in all the ways, mostly on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram at Astrology Witch Podcast. And for the other one, at The Christian and the Witch for Instagram. We're on Twitter, but less active. And then we have a Facebook group for The Christian and the Witch. So if you just type in The Christian and the Witch on Facebook for the groups, we're on there. Um, And we have some really good discussions in there, actually. And then the Astrology Witch podcast is a page, which is really fun and actually pretty good engagement there as well. Um, And I also have a Patreon for the Astrology Witch podcast where I offer like exclusive merch perks and uh, content and early access to ad-free episodes. Killing it. I should probably do some merch one day. (laughs) I don't don't have that. (laughs) You should. It's so fun. I really love it. People send me pictures of themselves wearing like the hoodie with the with the design and I'm like I'm like wow I'm like oh this looks amazing do you love it how's quality and they're like it's so soft and I'm just really excited that's awesome oh gosh I should look into this (laughs) um but anyway if you're interested you can find me on twitter at seek witchcraft at instagram at seeking witchcraft I am not the seeking witchcraft with a line before or after that's the spam profile please report them please report uh, if, especially if they message you please report them uh i do have a patreon as well it's patreon.com slash seeking witchcraft and we have a discord that uh, is associated with the patreon where we do book clubs i also have a facebook page called seeking witchcraft podcast and a facebook group called which is seeking witchcraft and that is all the places where you can find me on the internet Well, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Tiana, again, for coming on and sharing your knowledge of the astrology world that I do not have. Thanks for having me. Of course. And uh, thanks again for everybody for listening. And we'll talk to you again very soon. Bye. Bye.